Okay, guys, welcome to another Jesus Rant podcast. I am Pastor Tom Carter. This is episode number five, Tribulation. And kind of the uh, kind of the whole point of Word Without Walls ministry, uh, I've probably mentioned before, is uh, is to just get the word out, the uh, the glorious word of the gospel, the good news of Jesus and who he is and what he did and what it means for us, just to get that word out without any real sort of barriers to it, without any walls, you know, word without walls, that was that was the point, that was the name, uh, just to make it available to people, just to, uh, to present something that's kind of hopefully uh, easy to swallow, but also gives you a little something to chew on, a little something to think about. Uh, I never want to swim too deep that people can't hold their breath to get down to where I'm at. I never want to, uh, you know, force feed anybody anything to the point where they're choking on it. I just, I really want to try to make things simple and make things practical. And that's where my heart is really at for this week, because this week I want to address kind of the age-old question, a question that I hear a lot, uh, a question that you've probably asked, or at the very least asked yourself, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Why, when I'm trying so hard, do bad things happen? Do, do, I, do I get setbacks? Why, why, <laughs> why does it seem like I have so much, so many trials and so much tribulation in my life? Why is it always a struggle? Why do I have to fight so hard? And hopefully by the end of this podcast episode, we will see that we don't have to struggle so hard. We don't always have to fight. You don't have to fight every battle. You can pick your battles. You can, you know, stand for some of the things that are really important to you. And uh, and you don't have to get upset about every single thing. Uh, I used to know a pastor who would always say, major on the majors and minor on the minors. If it's really important to you, that's one thing. But if it's not really that important then maybe, you know, just let it go. So I have a lot of verses I want to read today to uh, to kind of link together. But my uh, my key verse for this podcast episode is Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 45. In the King James it reads, and this is Jesus speaking, this is the, the red letters in the Bible, it reads, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor, and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. And to me, uh, that's kind of... The short answer is, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? Because it's life. Because life happens. Because it rains on the just and the unjust alike. Because the sun shines on the evil and on the good. Because we're all here in this human experience. And listen, if you think you're the good guy in the story, I can almost guarantee you that there's somebody out there who thinks you're the bad guy in their story. So a lot of this is... Uh, is how we see ourselves, and a lot of this is how we see our circumstances, how we see our surroundings, how how, how we view uh, what how we view what happens to us, uh, and, and and the best way to view what happens 
to us is cross-eyed. Looking at it through the cross, looking at it from the perspective of, uh, you know, not why is this happening, but what can I learn from this? What can I gain from this? What, uh, not why is this happening as if I wish this wasn't happening, but why is this happening as in what can I get from this? What can I take from this? What can I learn from this? And really, when I was uh, searching these uh, memory verses and these, these passages of Scripture out, what really occurred to me was that Jesus' focus here was not about why things happen. His focus here was about how we treat people. And I think that that's so important that we shift our focus away from why is this happening to me to how can I help somebody else in this situation. I've always thought that things happen for one of two or possibly both of these reasons. One, so that you can learn and grow from it. And two, so that you can help other people through the same situations that you've been through. And I'm going to bring this up later and talk about it again later, but uh, I just wanted to, to put that out there and stick that in your memory bank. Uh, sometimes bad things happen to good people so that we can experience going through those things and then we can turn around and help other people go through those things. Because we all go through a lot of the same things in life. And uh, that's actually what it says kind of in... 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, again in the King James it reads, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And again, uh, what what to me what this is saying you know that's I think this verse is kind of why people say God never gives you more than you can handle and and things of that nature but uh, to me what we're talking about here is that it's 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 a very uh, individual this life is a very individual proposition uh, a lot of times you feel like you're very isolated in some ways or at least I do and uh, and you think you know I, I can't believe this is happening to me but what we need to understand is that this life is also kind of a very universal proposition. We all go through the same things. We're all trying to get from the start of the day to the end of the day. And, you know, that can take many different forms and many different roads and look many different ways. But at the end of the day, we're all human. At the end of the day, there, there's nothing that you're going through that, that probably, you know, millions of people have not already gone through or are not also currently going through. The key here is not to uh, to look at things as if, oh, why is this happening to me? Why do I have to go through this? The key here is to look at Jesus, you know, as usual, as always. The key is to understand that God is faithful and he won't leave you in, in a situation like that. Uh, you know, at, at my old church, we, we, we always talked about how uh, things come to pass and not to stay because in the Bible, you know, it says over and over again, and it, and it came to pass and it came to pass and it came to pass. So it comes to pass. It doesn't come to stay. Where you're at right now is not where you'll be forever. The key is to, uh, you know, to, to get what you can from where you're at and, and to use where you've been to try to get where you're going, if I can say it that way. Um, 
I want to point out too that it says at the end of the verse when it says, but will with temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. The way to escape, it doesn't mean a way out. It doesn't mean God's going to transport you out of a situation or take you out of, and he might do that. I'm not saying he can't do that because, you know, he he's all powerful. He can do any, anything he wants to do. Uh, but what it really means more than a way out is a way through. Endurance, long-suffering, love. These are the fruits of the Spirit. These are uh, what Jesus has filled us with and equipped us with when uh, when he was lifted up from the earth on the cross and he drew all men into himself and he planted his incorruptible seed in all men. He gave us the ability to be able to withstand things, to to be able to, again, get through things. And if you get through something, that's when you can help somebody else get through something. And I think that's important because, like I said, we're all, we all go through the same things. We all um, face the same things. And our hope in Jesus really comes from the fact that, uh, that he has been through all these things. In John chapter 16, verse 33, again, these are the red letters, and you, you knew I was going to get the book of John in here somewhere. Jesus said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And anytime I read this verse or rant about this verse or preach about this verse or write about this verse, I always like to point out that uh, the the idea of being an overcomer, it, that does not mean that you have the ability to overcome. An overcomer, by definition, is somebody who has overcome. You can't be an overcomer because you want to overcome. You can't be an overcomer because you're trying to overcome. The only way that you can be an overcomer is to know that you have overcome. And that's what Jesus said. He said, I have overcome the world. We are overcomers because he overcame. It's not about our ability. It's not about our strength. It's not about our power. It's not about our might. It's about him. And I always like to use the example, you know, again, of, of being uh, more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And, and the best picture of that that I've ever seen is, you know, the, the picture of a boxer who who goes into the ring and, and he fights. And, and if he wins, if he conquers, then, then he gets the prize money. He gets the reward. Now, that makes him a conqueror. And his wife, who doesn't have to get in the ring and fight and do the heavy lifting and do all of the work, she gets to spend that money which makes her more than a conqueror. So what we have to understand is it's not about what we can do. It's about what Jesus did. And what Jesus did, he did, you know, for us and in us and through us and as us. So anytime we feel like we need to overcome, what we really need is an understanding that we have overcome. And I think that's where we can get past this idea of struggling all the time. We can get past this idea of, oh, I got to climb this mountain when we understand that. God has, you know, he's He's brought every uh, mountain low and every valley high, and he's made the way that leads to life straight. We don't always have to be up and down. We don't always have to be uh, fighting battles. We don't always have to be climbing mountains or or, or going through the valleys. And, and, and listen, let me say this. Even when we're in the valley of the shadow of death, we know that he is with us. So it doesn't matter what we're going through. If, if the, the best thing to do 
is to realize that he has made the way straight and to just let, stop trying to follow in Jesus' footsteps and let Jesus make his own footsteps with our feet. But even if we get in a situation where we think we need to uh, uh, overcome or we need to climb a mountain or scale a wall or, or, or whatever the case may be, that's where his power kicks in. That's where his strength kicks in. And that's what matters. It's not what I can do. It's what Jesus can do in me and through me and as me. And, uh, and, and I think that's why he said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me, ye might have peace. Because we're going to have tribulation. He said that in, in, the, in the very next breath. In the world, ye shall have tribulation. Life happens every single day. It does rain on the just and the unjust alike. The sun does shine on the evil and on the good. Life happens whether, whether you want it to or not. But we can have peace because we know that he's already taken care of it. We know that he has already made a way for us to escape whatever uh, temptation uh, we have to face. And here's kind of the tricky thing about temptations is temptations are tailored for, for each person. What tempts me might not tempt you. And I don't want you to feel bad about having temptations because if you weren't tempted by it, it wouldn't be a temptation. Like there are some things uh, in, in this world that other people really struggle with that I don't, I, I don't have an issue with at all. I don't have a problem with it at all. I don't have a weakness for it at all. And, and there's some things that, that I have uh, issues with that other people are like, why, why is why is that even in it? Why, why is that even in your brain? Why do you even care about that? So uh, don't feel bad about having temptations in your life. Uh, but also don't think that God has put those temptations in your life. It says, I'm, I'm going to read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 again. It says, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. It didn't say God will tempt you. It didn't say God will give you temptations. It says, again, it says, you know, life happens. There's things in life that will tempt you. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So he doesn't tempt us, but he does protect us. It says, but will with temptation also make a way to escape that you may, that you may be able to bear it. And again, that's where I get this idea of, of getting through something instead of getting taken out of something. Because uh, if you get through it, sometimes you just have to grin and bear it. Sometimes you have to have long suffering. Sometimes you have to just let things be what they are instead of trying to force them to be what you want them to be or what you think they should be. Especially when it comes to our relationships with other people. Uh, I have found, especially in the last almost decade, of, of being a parent, that it's impossible to make somebody think uh, a certain way or, or behave a certain way all of the time. You can't do it. And, and, and I think that trying to scare somebody into behavior, which is, which is what we think the entire Old Testament of the Bible was about, but I have some thoughts on that as far as, you know, God did lay out some rules and he, he did give the Ten Commandments, but he also gave a whole system of animal sacrifice because he knew that people weren't going to be able to keep those commandments. Um, so my point is, is that it, when it comes to relationships with, with people, people are going to be who people are going to be. And, and the best thing that you can do for your own peace of mind, for, for your own sanity, is to let people be who they're going to be. And listen, that does not mean that you should let people abuse you. 
okay? If somebody's a liar and they're lying to you all the time, one thing you can, you can't stop them from lying, but you can stop yourself from listening, right? Boundaries are very healthy and very important. You should never put yourself or keep yourself in a bad, toxic, abusive situation. That's not love. You can Sometimes you have to love people from a distance because sometimes you can't have that kind of person in your life. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about letting people steamroll you. I'm not talking about letting people, uh, you know, when the Bible says, if someone slaps you, you should turn the other cheek. I believe that that means if someone slaps you, don't retaliate. I do not believe that that means if someone slaps you, stand there and let them keep slapping you and keep slapping you and keep slapping you. I think, uh, I think again, like I said, boundaries are, are healthy and important. So when we're talking about letting people be who they are, sometimes it's, yeah, buddy, you can be who you are, but you got to be over there, okay? I'm going to be over here, and you got to be over there because I can't have that sort of thing in my life. So, uh, and, and sometimes that's the way to escape a tribulation is to completely avoid it. Sometimes to get away from a, a, a tribulation is to keep yourself out of those situations as much as, as humanly possible. And, uh, and I wanted to, I really like diving into like, uh, the, uh, the Strong's Concordance and the definition of words. So I wanted to read the Strong's Greek Concordance definition of tribulation. It's number 2347 in Strong's Greek Concordance. And the word tribulation as found in, uh, our verse in John 16, 33, it simply means pressure, afflicted, anguish, burdened, persecution, or trouble. So a lot of those have a negative connotation, but the very first one, if you took out all the rest of them, it, uh, is pressure. And the thing about pressure is, is that, you know, that that's how you get diamonds, right? You take a piece of coal and, and, and you put it under extreme amounts of pressure and what's inside comes out. And that's what they say about Christians a lot of times, is that Christians are like tea bags. You don't really know who they are until you put them in hot water. Because when you put a tea bag in hot water, that's when the flavor comes out. When you put a Christian in hot water, you see who they really are. Not who they're pretending to be. Not who they wish they were, but who they really are. So in some cases, tribulations can be a good thing when they put that pressure on you to rise to the occasion. Uh, and again, it talks about uh, being afflicted or, or being in anguish or being burdened, being persecuted or having trouble. But I think at the same time, if we have the right mindset, we can learn from those things. We can learn from our tribulations. Uh, when, when, you know, when trouble surrounds us, we can figure out what to do in a troubling situation. And, and you know, my default, of course, is is uh, to to throw myself on the mercy of the Lord to to hide behind Daddy, to you know you know like Jesus said uh, when he was talking about how how badly he wanted to just you know uh, take the, the people under his wings like, like kind of like a mama chicken and just protect them and keep them safe but they weren't having it they weren't interested in it I'm interested in it I would much rather have God fight my battles than have to fight anybody at all but maybe that's just me maybe I'm just you know. Uh, very non-confrontational. So, uh, so when we're talking about tribulation, you don't have to fight 
every single battle. You don't have to fight, really, to, in my opinion, any battle. I think it, it, on the cross, Jesus fought the war to end all wars, and he won the war to end all wars, and that means there are no more wars left to fight. In fact, in the, in the New Testament of the Bible, the fight that it talks about is the good fight of faith, which is not really fighting at all, but which is laying hold of the gift that we've been given, which is the gift of eternal life. And it's the good fight of faith because you lay hold of that gift by knowing it and believing it, by receiving it and releasing it, by letting God love you and then loving him back by loving people. That's how you fight the good fight of faith. And that's the only, if you absolutely positively have to fight, that's how you do it. That's the fight you should be fighting and that's the way that you win that fight. It's the good fight of faith, which means your faith, which works by love, lets you believe in God's love. It lets you fill yourself to overflowing with the love that he has already filled you with. It lets you let what's inside come out by knowing and believing that it's in there. So I have one more verse I want to read. And uh, and this to me is a big one, which is why I saved it for last. This to me is uh, when we're talking about tribulation, when we're talking about why bad things happen to good people. We need to stop looking with a snapshot mentality. We need to stop thinking right now, how things are right now is how they're always going to be. Because how things are right now is not how things are always going to be. When, when, we're, when we're looking at how things are right now, we need to see the bigger picture. We need to see God's grand scheme of things. We need to understand that it came to pass and not to stay. We need to understand that we go through things. We don't get stuck in things. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, walking is so important in this, uh, in this Christian life or, or this spiritual life or whatever, whatever it is you want to call it. And, and again, you know, not just walking, but walking by faith and not by sight. Being able to trust that God has a plan being able to trust what it says in, in Jeremiah 29, 11, that God knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. He knows where he wants to get us to. And the problem is, a lot of times, is that we're so busy trying to overcome, we're so busy trying to climb the mountain, that we end up going around and around and around the mountain. We end up going around in circles. I remember uh, when I was younger, I remember my dad saying something about well, he's just wandering in the wilderness right now. He'll be fine. He'll, he'll, he'll come out the other side. And uh, I don't think I really understood it at the time, but my dad was right. You know, I, I, I just, I needed, I was just trying to figure some things out and, and I wasn't necessarily going about it the best way that there was to go about it. But, uh, but he knew that there was an expected end for me. He, he knew that God had a purpose for me and he knew that, just like the people of, of Israel, you, sometimes you have to spend some time in the wilderness. And and uh, and in their case, you know, they, they talk about the people of Israel wandering in the wilderness, but really God was leading them point by point, place by place, purpose by purpose, teaching them uh, something everywhere they were so that they could uh, kind of incrementally grow, so that they could mature, so that uh, the, the process of maturation would uh, would bring them from slaves to uh, 
to saints, really, from sinners to saints, which, which the cross accomplished, you know, in fullness. But knowing that you're a saint and not a sinner and understanding what it means to be a saint uh, are two different things. One of them is the place to start, knowing that you're not a sinner but a saint. That's a good place to start. That's the best place to start. Um, not dragging around all the baggage of, oh, I'm just a sinner. Oh, God doesn't love me. Oh, bad things. Are I deserve all these things because of the things I've done. I, I don't get into any of that stuff. Uh, you know, I've, I've ranted many times about how uh, when you understand that the old has passed away and the new has come forth, you don't have to drag all that baggage around anymore. You can let the past be the past, and you can walk in newness of life. And again, we're talking about walking in newness of life. It's all about walking on that straight and narrow path. So, and again, I think that goes back to, I'm going to get to Romans, I really am, but I think that goes back to the whole uh, way to escape. A lot of times you escape, quote unquote, by walking through whatever it is that's in front of you. Sometimes you can avoid it, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you just have to go through it. And God always carries us through it. Because sometimes, you know, he, he knows that we need to go through it. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I try to use myself in a, as an example as much as I can because I don't want to offend anybody and, and I don't really get offended. So, uh, again, when, when I had my son almost 10 years ago now, uh, I always knew that there were some things that I did not want him to have to go through. And still moving forward, I know there are some things that I don't want him to have to go through. But at the same time, I know that there are things that he has to go through. There are things that will, will help him learn and grow more than any kind of instruction that I can give him. A lot of times, you know, uh, life can be a very hands-on, uh, on-the-job training kind of a deal. You, uh, a lot of times in life you learn by doing and in order to learn by doing a lot of times you have to make mistakes and I've never had a problem with that because I don't believe you can learn from your mistakes unless you make mistakes and that's a big part of what grace is. Grace gives us room to grow. Grace to grow. Growing in grace. Not uh, necessarily being where we think we ought to be all the time, but being able to see where we ought to be and being able to uh, work towards, or, or can I say it like this, being able to walk towards where we ought to be. So let me read my last verse, and then I'll close this up, and I'll, I'll, I'll do my self-promotion stuff that I'm, I'm so great at, but, you know, really, really trying to, trying to be better at. Romans chapter... 8 verse 28. And again, this is in the context of why do bad things happen to good people? Romans 8 28 in the King James Version. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. And in the New Living Translation, it reads, we know that God causes everything to work together. So we, we, we've always had this, I think we've always had this idea of like, and I don't know where it comes from, but it's very, very common. We've always had this idea of like, uh, we're the victim. 
Like if something happens, we take it so personally. And I've always tried to tried to live by the words and, and tried to share the words of don't take it personally, even if it is personal. Even if, uh, as it says in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, uh, I believe this is Daniel talking, right? He says, but as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Sometimes we take things personally when we don't have to. And and sometimes things are personal to the point that it needed to happen to you because you were the one who could handle it correctly. You were the one who could get through it in the best possible way. You were the one who could not only get through it, but then help others through it. You may have, uh, as he says again in, in Genesis 50 verse 20, you thought it was evil against me, but God meant it for good to save other people, okay? Sometimes we go through stuff in order to help or benefit others. And I think that gets lost a lot of the time when we get, you know, uh, kind of self-centered or, or self-focused, which which I talked about uh, a lot about last week. Um, it's hard sometimes to see past ourselves and, and to see uh, into others. And, uh, and that's important to be able to do. Because a lot of the time, what I go through, if I get through it, it'll help you. I can help you through it, or uh, the benefit that I get from it, you know, can, can be shared with you. So we know, or, or I guess really we need to know, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. And I believe we're all called in different ways. I don't necessarily think we, we all know that we're called. I don't think we all necessarily answer the call at the same time or in the same way. But I believe God has a purpose for everybody or else he wouldn't have created everybody. Why would he create you if he didn't have a purpose for you? I don't think he would do that. So to kind of summarize and, and drive it home again, you know, I've, I've said down here before that I believe uh, repetition is the best way to learn something or to teach something. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because life happens. That's just life. The sun shines on the evil and the good. It rains on the just and the unjust. So stop looking for, for reasons as to why things happen. Excuse me. And start looking for uh, what to do with what is happening. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you see it and react to it. If you see things through that lens of the bigger picture, if you see God's handiwork in everything that happens, then you'll stop seeing bad things happening. All right? You'll you'll you know, a storm may come, but instead of seeing it as something bad, you can see it as, "Oh man, we really needed this rain." Oh man, this wind is really going to move some of this dead stuff out of here. You'll be able to change your whole mindset and your whole perception and you'll be able to stop focusing on the negative and you'll start being able to focus on the positive. So, uh, once again, I said I wanted to kind of wrap it up with this. Uh, I believe things happen for one of two reasons or, or, or both. Number one, so you can learn and grow. If you're always in your comfort zone, you will always be comfortable, but you won't always be growing. You won't be learning. You won't be uh, evolving or, or maturing. So, sometimes, you know, even... even uh, when, it, when you're talking about birds, the mama bird will throw the babies out of the nest when, when the mama bird knows that they're ready to fly, whether the babies think they're ready or not. 
The mom was like, okay, it's time. Here you go. Out you go. They make the nests so uncomfortable that the birds won't go back. They'll go and, and build their own nests and live their own lives. So we have to go through things in order to learn and grow. That's that tribulation or that pressure that, uh, that changes us from coal to diamonds. Or number two, so that you go through things so that you can help others through when they go through what you've been through. I really believe we go through a lot of the same things, uh, you know, just, just as humans, just as people, just, just living this life. So uh, in, in that case, it's really good to have a map, which, which I believe is, is the Holy Bible. I believe that's a great map, and I believe that uh, if you read it correctly, it will shine a, light of, a lot of light on, on your circumstances. And, uh, you know, uh, I believe it was David wrote in the, in the Psalms that uh, he, he was speaking to God, and he said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God, which is Jesus, which is love, shines brightly and it will show you where to go. Having said that, a map is great, but a guide is really kind of invaluable. And the guide, of course, is the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Uh, Jesus, the high priest, who, who was tempted like as we were in all points, yet did not sin. Jesus, who went through the human experience. Jesus, who lived life just as we live life, but at the same time, not just as we live it. He went through the things that we went through, but they were always under his feet. And they're under our feet too. We just don't always see it that way. But if we can see Jesus, we can begin to experience that abundant, everlasting, eternal resurrection life, which is the gift of God. We can begin to, uh, to enjoy and experience the gift that we've been given as we share it with each other, as we give it away, as we live it, as we walk in it. So that's what I had for this week. Uh, this is my uh, sarcasm voice favorite point of the uh, podcast where I do my self-promotion. Uh, I've written a bunch of books. Um, I think I have something to say. I think writing is one of the main ways that God uh, gifted me to say it. Um, so those are on Amazon. Those are at JesusRant.com. I write the uh, I write a daily Jesus Rant blog every day on JesusRant.com. Pretty much everything I've got is on, on JesusRant.com. But uh, uh, ministry is not always easy, and ministry does take a lot of support. And that doesn't necessarily mean financial support. Uh, I actually want to give a shout-out to my little brother, John, who... Uh, who has been very supportive of this podcast. He said it's a lot easier for him to uh, sit down and listen to me rant about Jesus than it is for, for him to read about it, which which I get, which I understand, which is which is why I started doing the pod. So uh, kind of like feedback like that, just like, you know, dropping me an email or or hooking up on, on Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever these, uh, you know, these social media things are. I think it. I think I'm Thomas Carter five one five on just about any social media that I have. Uh, like I said before in one of these episodes, if you want to see pictures of of my family, you can check out my Instagram. Uh, but any kind of any kind of support, moral support, financial support, uh, constructive criticism, I'm open to that too. Uh, I've I've you know I've said before on these podcasts that. We have an unction from the Holy One, and we know all things, but that doesn't necessarily mean we understand everything we know. 
I don't think I am the final word on anything. I just kind of uh, try to listen to what God is saying to me and say it in the best way that I can to deliver it to other people, which, you know, when I started the episode tonight, I was talking about Word Without Walls and just my heart to uh, to just get this word out there and make it available and make it uh, as palatable as possible. I don't want to argue with people, and in fact, I'm not going to argue with people. If you don't agree with them, with what I'm saying, that's okay. You don't have to. I'm, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I think I have some hopefully uh, sound, practical, helpful uh, Jesus things to say, so, for, you know, I'm going to keep saying them. And, uh, and again, I just appreciate all the support, um, so much, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, if, if they have a subscribe button, you know, you can do that. That helps, uh, leaving reviews or, or likes or, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm not in it for that stuff. You know, I don't do it for the applause, but it does help to get the word out even more. Um, the more popular this thing gets, hopefully the more popular it will get in, in, you know, kind of a snowball effect. But I've talked about that. Uh, I've talked about all that stuff, and I've talked about myself uh, way too much. I'm not into it. <laughs> I would rather not uh, promote myself at all, ever. But I guess I have to for, for this kind of a deal. So JesusRant.com, that's the main one. Uh, thank you so much for everything, for listening, for, for, for being interested, for checking it out, for telling your friends. Uh, all of it. I can't, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys. So that's what I have for this week. Uh, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.